0: Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UJ Podcast. I'm Tyler, and here with me on the other end of the line, as always, is my co-host Curtis. And it was a beautiful day in Athens Saturday. If you guys got to make it out there, you saw that firsthand. Uh, The Bulldog Nation definitely flocked in droves to the Classic City to take in G-Day 2018, and kind of get our only real look at the team before September and the start of the 2018 season. And obviously this is the case every single year, since this is the only real glimpse of the team that we all get to see before the 2018 season does indeed kick off. We all tend to overreact to everything we see, just kind of how it works. It's not just Georgia fans, it's it's fans of every team, it's all we get to see, so we kind of just take this and run with it. Uh, But in reality, the spring game, it's really just one piece, and we all know this, it's one piece to a much larger puzzle that includes 14 other practices, and within those 14 practices you got two scrimmages, uh, countless meetings, countless film sessions. I mean, G-Day really is just one data point. Sure, it is probably the biggest, not probably it is, the biggest and most important data point this spring, but just like you can't really draw conclusions about what the rest of the puzzle will look like off of just one piece of that puzzle even if it is the biggest and most important piece, it's very difficult to draw definitive conclusions based off this one scrimmage. I mean, look, it can give you clues, sure. It can definitely give you clues, can give you a few insights, but considering the, the very controlled nature of the whole deal and the fact that like we didn't even try to run the ball for the most part, it doesn't really give you the entire picture. But yet, again, like I said, it's the only thing most of us get to see, so we all overreact. Uh so our goal in today's show is to give you the most comprehensive overreaction to what took place Saturday in Athens, for the 2018 G-Day. But before we get there and go through all that, I do want to remind everyone out that you guys can follow us on Twitter. I uh, love to interact with you guys. I uh, had a lot of people share some ideas and some opinions of what we saw on G-Day. Um uh, love that interaction, so feel free anytime, to hit us up there. That's at glory underscore UGA would be the handle. Want to make sure everyone also knows where to find the show. You're definitely obviously listening to us somewhere, somehow. But I want to make sure you all know that you can find us on uh, dogsportsradio.com. You can download the Dogsports Radio app straight to your smartphone. If you prefer iTunes and SoundCloud, we're definitely there as well. And the Stitcher and TuneIn apps, You can also find us on those two platforms. If you get a chance, it would be awesome if you guys could take just a few seconds out of your day to rate and review the show, give us some feedback. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, All right, with that out of the way, Kurt, we've got a lot to talk about today, man. What we're going to do is we're going to try to go through this position-by-position and just talk about what we saw from the players at each position, uh, and just take it from there. So we're going to start with a, with a position that I think everyone is going to be talking about. This is the case every single year. What's the case last year, and is it going to be the case this year? And that is the quarterback position. We're going to start offensively with the quarterbacks. So, Kurt, I'm just going to ask you a very broad question here. What was your take on the performance of both Jake Fromm and Justin Fields?
0: Oh, um, you know, I think they both had their good and their bad. I mean, uh from, you know, I think we can all agree he pressed a little, I think he put on a little bit of positions where he shouldn't have.
1: But he yeah, he made one happened. really bad one really bad decision on that second pick.
0: Yeah, the second pick, yeah, it the should never been thrown. Just A bad throw by
1: him. Yeah, it was a great read. Like he read the blitz coming off the side there, threw it in the right spot, just overthrew, uh which isn't good, but it wasn't like it was a bad read. That second pick to to um William Poole was just uh, the ball should never been thrown. He know he yeah,
0: and, and other than that, I mean, he had two two touchdowns two dropped touchdowns that were dropped.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I was talking to some people, and they were looking at his numbers. I'm like, yeah. God, like those numbers. He was like 50% pass. It was like what thirty eight like 200 yards, a, a touchdown, two picks. So I'm like, okay, well, sure, that was the stat line. Your stat line is what it is. But you know, and, and Fields has some of this too. There were multiple drops because I went going back and rewatching it uh, after being there live Saturday. What rewatching it today? Uh, I counted five drops for From and two for Fields. So that was an issue. And then, like you said, two of those drops were from like they were long bomb touchdowns. I mean, the, the one to really was definitely a touchdown. I think the one to to uh, Stanley probably would have been a touchdown. Um, so if the wide receiver catches those, if, both, if in both those cases the wide receiver just does his job, you know. From stat line looks a lot better. Uh, instead of being 19-38 of in one touchdown, if you take out the drops, he would have been, what, around 24-38 with about 300 yards, three touchdowns to go along with the two picks. Which, uh, if those were his numbers, would anyone be complaining right now? No, yeah. no, not at all. And, and that was no fault of his own when you receivers don't do their job there. But, uh, you know, you got to put some context there. But what did you think of Justin Fields? And this is, the, this is what everyone's talking about right now is, you know, this guy is a true freshman. He's been on campus for, what, three, four months comes in and, and does a pretty good job. What do you make of what he did? Um, I think
0: he just backed up what you know about him. I mean, you saw the strong arm. He was putting some balls in some tight spots, um, and he completed some nice throws. Um, you saw his legs. You, I mean, there were times where he could have used them a little bit more, but with the, you know, where they were just the quick sacks, he didn't get a chance to show. But you saw it a couple times where, like, he would get a, a nice gain and turn something, you know, extend plays and things like that. Um, but you also saw the freshman in him. Uh, sometimes he his, his decision-making wasn't as quick, where he got away with it because it was against the second team things like that but um i mean you saw where he, he could grow with his decision making but at the same time you saw his raw ta- into uh raw tangibles which we have said you know is what makes him so spectacular and it's at times things that separate him from from
1: yeah he has those things that that from just can't match in terms of his physical tools that, that skill set and i'm with you man like what i saw from both quarterbacks honestly it pretty much just confirmed what I had thought coming into the day, you know. And again, this is one small little piece to the puzzle. We see one practice out of fourteen, and, and, and talking to some people around the program throughout the the past couple of weeks of spring practice, like both guys have had really good springs, and Fromm has been a, a baller all spring. Uh, so the fact that he threw two picks it doesn't really concern me all that much. That, like we said, that one pick was it was really bad. The the first and it's pick just with no run game, exactly, and that's why you got Like when you're talking about. The whole thing of the quarterbacks from Enfield's—you have to put it in context. I mean, because it's, it's really hard to gauge like, who is the better guy. Who, like, what can we say? Who's going to be the starter now? Like, it's so hard to gauge when one guy is going against the number one defense and the other guy is going against the number two and three defense. We got multiple walk-ons on the field at any given time. And you mentioned like, like, no run game. What what that means is. There's no play-action threat, and that's where Fromm is really dangerous. No play-action threat, which then in turn means that the pass rush is turned loose basically every single snap, and the coverage is protected. I mean, if you look at the stats from, from yesterday, the first-team offense ran the ball a total of 10 times, all right? 10 times in 58 snaps. That's 83% of the time we were putting the ball in the air. So you're just not going to be successful down and down out in that situation when the defense knows that you're going to be throwing the football and they're playing coverage behind it. I mean, Kirby Flow said it in the post-practice press conference. He said, quote, we do not have an intent to rush the ball a bunch. That's not the purpose of the spring game. It's to throw the ball, catch the ball, and gain confidence in the pass game. So I think you just have to look – you have to factor in the larger context before we get too conclusion-happy with the corpus. I thought both guys did a lot of good things. And like, like you said, I think both guys had moments where you're like, okay, you know, you got, to, you got some things to work on. Uh, with Fields, the guy was – I mean, I – I was impressed with what I saw with a guy who's been on campus for, for you know three to four months. And like I said, what I saw from these two guys pretty much confirmed what I thought coming into the day. Um, I think Fields is clearly right. I mean, he's the better prospect from a physical tool standpoint. Is there any question about that? No, I don't think there ever was. Yeah, that, that's not the question. I mean… Like, and and we we knew about his arm coming in, but like seeing it live there in, in Sanford Stadium, like his arm is straight fire. I mean, that's just what it is. And we know what he can do with his legs at that size. I mean, he truly has an abundance of physical gifts. Uh, so, yeah, really good for a guy who's been on campus for just a few short months. But I will say this. Like, I, I thought he looked really solid. I do. I think he did some really good things. Uh, that touchdown pass, a really nice touch in the back of the end zone, put the ball where only Landers could get the ball. I mean, he he kind of understood his personnel. He understood who he had back there, th- kind of throw that jump ball. But I also, like, saying that, I don't think that Fields, while he looked really good and did some good things, I don't think he did anything overly spectacular, did he? Was was he, like, spectacular? Did he jump off the page? I mean, you saw some good things from him, where you, especially like if he didn't have the quick sacks where he,
0: you know, where his skill set and things like that could have come in, you know, running more of the read option and stuff. Yeah, and you didn't see
1: um, any of that, which yeah, that's you know, not there to him. Yeah, didn't see a lot of it. Uh, I mean, he opened up the game with a few little read option throws,
0: but you never really got to see him, you know, fully make a team scared of yeah. him running the yeah. ball. So I mean, he was kind of handicapped in that. But at the same time, I mean, to me, like I said. You know, I saw what I was expecting to saw. I agree.
1: I agree. And, like, I didn't think he was going to be allowed to run wild. So, like, you're exactly right saying, like, he, he did not have his full arsenal at his disposal. Uh, he get, you know, I went back and counted. Uh, he took six sacks. Now, there were a couple of those. At least two were, you know, in a game setting, he might have been able to shake the defender. Um, now, a couple of them, he just, he, you know, he... Yeah, he didn't
0: get help from his O-line many times. Too.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. But there's a couple of times, you know, where where the pressure's bearing down and he kind of just, you know, he, he took the sack, uh, which, yeah. which, which which happens, you know. But there are a couple of those, I think, that in a real game setting with his athleticism, he might have shook, shaken the defender and uh, been able to extend the play a little bit. But, like, I think he didn't like and I'm not trying to, to dog him at all. I, I think he was really good. I just – I don't think, like – you know, he didn't throw the ball downfield at all. Like, really, I mean, did he throw the – I mean, I can't think of one time where he took a shot downfield. I can't think of one time, and that was the
0: time where Holloman, uh got open on that
1: third down play. Yeah, last, I mean, that, that was one about – I think it was about a 20-yard pass in the air. So, yeah, I mean, a yeah, little I mean, bit there. Yeah, you didn't see any bombs. No, yeah, you didn't see not. that. And, and, and that's not his yes. fault. Maybe they weren't called. I mean, you just don't know. Um, but, I mean, like, he did a lot of really good things. And, but I will say, like, I don't think he did – he was overly spectacular um, – like you said, you know the, his full arsenal was not at his disposal. wasn't able to do any kind of the read option type stuff. wasn't really able to kind of pull it and run. The, the you know Kirby is obviously airing on the side of of getting the defense a sack. Uh, so you got to factor that in as well. Put it into context. But I also don't think he did anything uh, like for a guy that's a true freshman. has been on campus for a couple of months. He didn't do anything that was like debilitatingly bad, right? Like he, he didn't make a ton of mistakes either. So no, not really. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what
0: I said. He to me, he played his game. He didn't go out there and wasn't Superman because you know you're not really allowed to in the spring. Right. He also didn't go out there and look like a deer in the headlights.
1: Yeah, and I think kind of that happy medium right now is a really good spot for him to be in. Considering yeah, you've
0: seen where he can grow. That's
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thing. and he he certainly flashes skills. I mean, there's a couple of throws like that. The one that he threw to Crumpton where Crumpton bounced and, oh, off. That third
0: down
1: play. I mean, that was a laser. I mean, that was that that right there flashed what this guy can do with his arm. And that was that was an insanely tight throw. He, it was a tight window, he hit it and then Crumpton, you know, he stays on his feet and he has the biggest uh, game of the day uh, in terms of fields making the pass down the field. Uh, and then you get the touch pass to Landers for a touchdown, which was really nice and the one you mentioned to Holloman on the sideline uh, he fit into a little, it wasn't a super tight window but he put it in right where he needed to between the, the corner and the safety, uh, allowed Holloman to keep running, which was a great throw. So he showed what he can do there uh, but I will say, you know, just watching him. this again one, one setting, you know, it is what it is that's all we have to go off of I, I think from what I saw on Saturday, he still needs to work uh, on, on going through his progressions, which, yeah, like it, that's not surprising. All freshmen do. I mean, he's like joining the club. That's what they have to do. I, I do think there were a couple of times, maybe even more than a couple of times, where when his first read wasn't there, his instinct was to pull it and run or just leave the pocket and try to make something happen, uh, which is like you, when you have a dual-threat quarterback like that who's so athletic. In high school, It's kind of what they do, right? If the guy's not there, you, you're just so athletic and so much better than everyone else, you can just take off and you make things happen. Uh, in the college game, it doesn't necessarily work out like that because you have a lot uh, more athletes on the field that can somewhat match your athleticism, at least to a degree. So I would like to see him improve there, which I know he will. I have no doubt about that at all. You know, I don't expect the guy at this point to be – you know, uh, going through his progressions like a like a seasoned veteran. Uh, but I, you know, there was a couple of times where I thought that he he could kind of go off that first read and then and pro- and progress on some guys who were there. But all in all, I I, th- I think he did a nice job. Uh, I think the, the sky is the limit for this guy, uh, and I, I was just thoroughly impressed with what I saw from a, a true freshman only being here for a couple of months. Now, on the other hand, so while I, I definitely think Fields is clearly the better prospect from a physical tool sample. I think that's there's almost no question there. I will say on the other hand that Fromm still in my mind, even with the bad pick, which I mean you can't defend that was that ball the second pick had never been thrown that and he knows that. Uh, but Fromm still I think is the guy at this stage who has an advantage in just being able to diagnose defenses pre snap, you know manipulating the defenses and, and making great decisions post snap. Uh, he did have that one really bad pick, uh, but the first one I, he. The first one wasn't a bad read. Like he hundred percent made the right read. He diagnosed the blitz from the left side pre snap. turned, made the correct throw to the hot wide receiver, but just overthrew it. It got picked, which isn't good. But it wasn't like he made a bad decision. To me, when I'm, when I'm watching the spring game, I'm watching for decision making. Like how are you, especially when the defense knows that you're gonna be throwing the ball. Are you making good decisions? I think Fromm and Fields both did a really good job of taking the check downs when they were they weren't. They didn't try to force the ball except for that one time Fromm did. We made that interception, but you know, I I, I thought that that first pick. You know, I'm not gonna hold it against him too much. I mean, he, that's. You no, know, just virtue of the fact that he overthrew it, it happens from time to time. Um, I mean was that one I mean, I don't like it. Were you two up in arms about that first pick? I mean,
0: it was a bad throw. But it was I mean, a bad
1: throw, no doubt, yeah.
0: Stuff happens. And here's my thing. I mean, people that want to talk about this being a true quarterback controversy, the thing about last year, Fromm completely balled out, had a huge, a very high percentage of completion and everything in the spring game last year. And it didn't matter. Come game one, Eason was still the guy. I mean, Easton may have stayed the guy the entire season. It, for all we know, if he doesn't get hurt.
1: Well, Kirby even made reference to this in his post-game press conference. Like, he made sure to point out, he's like, look, guys, just like last year, with Eason going to the ones and Fromm was killing p- Killing the two defense last year, he was thrown against the number two, number three defense. It was the same situation this year. You know, Fields, I would love to have seen Fields get some snaps to the one. you kind of see what he could do there against the one defense or the one offense. Uh, but that just wasn't the way it was set up. Now, in saying that Fields was thrown against the two defense, the two and three defense, he also had the number two offense to go along with him. He had that personnel. Um, but I, I, do, I will say, I think the number two wide receivers are a lot more... Uh, Advance at this stage, and our number two, number three defensive backfield. Yeah, we, our, our number two wide
0: receivers can get number one reps.
1: Absolutely, I mean, like Holliman could start if, he, if we needed Holloman to, He could. We could plug well, him in to start, and he'd be fine. Get to
0: push for push for a absolutely. Lot of
1: I know Simmons had the one drop. I, I, I still think Tyler Simmons could be a serviceable player for us if pushing to duty. Um, so like he, you have those guys, and you're going against guys like Eric Stokes, who they just, I mean, they picked on Eric Stokes all day long. I'll say it's like Jay Fron did not have Eric Stokes to pick on. You know, I mean.
0: Yeah, and he had DeAndre Baker, who's going to be a first-team All-SEC.
1: Right, so I mean, you know, and, and nothing against Eric Stokes, and the guy's still a young guy. He's got a, he's got a lot of growing to do. But like at this point, Eric Stokes, you know, he's just he's just not there. And clearly, he was being targeted yesterday because time after time after time, he was getting picked on that. Not even just the touchdown pass to Landers, but I mean, it was just over and over again. So you got you got to factor that in as well. Uh, one thing I will say is, I you know, looking at from I still think like his pocket presence and his footwork is still superior. To where Fields is right now, and again, obviously that's going to be the case. David just gotten on campus for a couple months; he's got some time to work on that. But uh, you know, watching watching Fromm with his footwork and his ability to shift his weight properly, you know, trust in the pocket a little bit more. I also, you know, that that long what should have been touchdown pass to um, to Ridley. He did a great job of using his eyes to able manip- to manipulate the safeties, and basically ran a double post there. He put his eyes on the on the underneath post. First, a safety bit on that, and he threw it over the top Beautiful throw. It was kind of right in front of where I was in the stadium. He, he could not throw that ball anymore, uh, or any more effectively than he did. Just happened to be, you know, Ridley falls on it, ball's incomplete. Uh, but do you think, like, is there a legitimate quarterback controversy right now? Because I don't think everyone's so, going there, but some I, people I, will. I don't, I don't think there is. What will it take for Fields to get there? Because I, I agree, I don't think Fields is there yet. All right. And, and uh, they, they 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 to what would it take, though?
0: Well, Field. I think there's two things he needs to work on the most, his pocket presence and his decision-making. Like I said, you know, uh, Fromm usually gets the ball. One of his biggest things, especially when he was going against Easton, was the way he got rid of the ball quickly and things like that. You know, he he made the reads quicker. Like we said, Fields was more or less, like you said, especially coming from the high school, it's either one read or you tuck it. He's got yeah. to learn to make, it. but in, and then also at the same time, you got to be able to get the ball out quickly. There were times where he did take a sack because he
1: he, he hesitated, you
0: know, he, his, yeah, his internal
1: clock. Yeah, it was it wasn't every sack. I mean, I counted six sacks, and a couple of them, you know, were were questionable. But there were at least two or three where where it was on him, where he just he couldn't make a decision. You know, he didn't know should I throw here, should I not? He just kind of ate it, and, he, and it didn't need to be a sack. But that's that's what your freshmen do. Uh, and I have full faith that this guy's going to improving it better and better time as time goes along. He's going to be an incredible player. But for me, like, I, again, this is just one small sample size. I just think for Fields to take the job from Fromm, he's going to have to. And I've said this before. I'll say it again, though. He's going to have to be head and shoulders above Better. That's what it's going to take. Like, he can't be even with Fromm because if it's if they're even, then you, you look at Fromm's experience last year and the big moments, what he was able to do, and the fact that. You know, do, the, do our coaches really want to go through a third straight year with a true freshman quarterback if they don't have to? If it's all if, it, if everything else is even across the board, so to me, he's going to have to leave no doubt in everyone's mind. There can't be a question of, well, you know, should we should shouldn't we maybe go with Fromm? He has to leave absolutely no doubt. And while I think he had a really good spring from all accounts, what I saw yesterday was really positive. Do you think he's at that point yet where he's head and shoulders above better than Fromm? No, he's just not there yet, and, and and he might get there. We don't know. There's still like, the rest of the off season to go. We'll see how that goes. You got you got uh, fall camp coming up here in, in a couple of months, so he's got time to to get there. I just, I just don't know if I see that happening. To be honest with you, I just don't think uh, you know. Certainly, Fields is going to get better, and he's going to improve his game. But Fromm is still a young guy, also, and he's going to get better. He's going to improve his game. Now, there's some things that Fromm will never be able to do with the, the, the skills that Fromm, that Fields has in, in terms of being able to take the ball and run. I mean, it's tantalizing. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. Sitting around watching that, there were a couple of times yesterday where you know when things were breaking down. He made a play with his legs. That's invaluable. The ability to do that, like that's you know that's something that can win you a football game. If if everything's covered up and the defense does everything right, and then you still make something happen with your legs, I mean, that's very, very difficult to defend. And Fromm can't match that. But I think there's a lot of things that right now that Fromm does really, really well that are going to help this football team win games. And maybe Fields catches up with him, but I just, I have a hard time thinking that Fromm is, is just going to stay stagnant and not get better himself because uh, that's just the kind of guy he is. Last question on the quarterbacks before we move on. Do you think that Fields, based off what you saw yesterday, in that one snapshot do you think he's going to get playing time even if he doesn't start this year I do yeah I, t- I tend to as well do you think he's going to like is it going to be more like specialized packages or, are you, or is he going to get like entire series like playing series ahead of time
0: uh, maybe packages I mean packages more or less I don't think I mean you saw it last year uh, I mean Hurts was big man on campus, and Tua, you could obviously tell that Tua was probably the better quarterback, but he didn't get that special playing time.
1: Yeah, it's just hard to say at this point. We, we just have so, such a little information to go on. I think he's definitely going to play uh, for nothing less than, you know, like we said last week, just <laughs> making the defense have something else to prepare for during the game week We they only have 20 hours to work with these guys. You know, if you spend if you have to spend time preparing for the fields packages, that's less time you spend preparing for everything else. So, uh, I definitely think he's going to see some some time there. I, look, I think he could be a goal line weapon. The ability to run the football uh, in the red zone is, is critical. And if you have a, a dual threat quarterback, you're basically going to have an extra blocker in there. It's the numbers advantage. It gives you a numbers advantage, and that's a big time threat uh, to defenses if you have a guy that can do that inside the red zone. So I would definitely look to see him kind of fill that role at times as well next season. But we'll see. A lot of time to go there. All right, let's move on, though. Enough about the quarterbacks. Let's about the wide receivers for a minute here. What was your take overall on the wide receivers? There are a lot of drops.
0: Um, we need more people to step up. Like Jason Stanley's going to be a senior, and he – I mean, watching him try to catch the ball, it, it's It's
1: painful, man. Like, he I'll give, he got open, right? I mean, I'll give the guy credit. He gets open. That's never been his problem. Right. God, I, I. He just.
0: He just he, he, the way he catches the ball, I mean, like, it'll be a short throw, and he's trying to catch it against his body. He can't use his hands.
1: Do you think it's a mental thing for him at this point when the lights come on in front of people?
0: I don't. I, I don't know. I think it may be just that he's just not good at, you know, with his hands. I mean, it, it, But
1: he it, apparently a does a little of practice to get reps with the ones.
0: I mean, it, well, yeah, but I mean, I think it's more or less of his blocking.
1: Yeah, and that's a big part of it. There's no doubt. That's a big part of it as well. I just. Man, I got feel I'm going back to like the old Miss game a couple of years ago. Remember, right before halftime, he drops the touchdown pass from Mason right in his hands. Now we probably still would have lost that game, but at least would have given us a fighting chance. The second half, at that point, when he drops that, it was a fourth down pass, I believe. If I remember correctly. He drops that pass, and then we effectively have no chance. And the Eric I mean, I remember like seeing the Georgia section there. We all were we, you know we were down, but we thought we, you know, we were making a drive there late in the sec- late, late in the first half, and then he drops that ball in the air it's kind of just let out the entire section it's like, "Oh God now we're going to get killed, and lo and behold, we did get killed, not all on him, but hey, you know you got to make that catch so this has been something that's haunted him for a while now uh yeah, so I, I i I think he's got the skill set to be a good player in everything but catching the football uh and, and it's just it's it's baffling and I, and I hate it for the guy i mean i it makes me cringe, I want him to do well. Um from all accounts he's a really good guy and works hard out there and you want good things to happen for him, but keep it's not gonna happen if you keep dropping the ball when you get chances like that. I mean that ball that Fromm put on that's a real game. That's a that should be a touchdown, man. And and I mean, it's you just drop it. It's tough. What about uh what what about the other receiver? I know we didn't even see much of Terry Godwin because he guessed yeah,
0: how Terry wasn't healthy.
1: Yeah, I mean he played a little he started the game, played a little bit early, okay. but he didn't play much later on at all uh Ridley you know I, yeah. what did you think of Riley, of Riley Ridley did, did you see enough from him today to think that he could potentially be a number or yesterday to he could potentially be a number one wide receiver for us this year
0: I think he can I know he had that drop but I think more than anything that that had to
1: do with more of uh kind of the way he landed I think one. honestly I think he had it and he fell and he got and he it hurt when he fell so he, he didn't think about holding on to the ball
0: yeah I think it, cause it, I think it jarred his head because yeah. the way it fits, the, the helmet came down on him um I mean, but I mean, he had gotten open, he made a great play, and I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Is he after that? He didn't play much. That's actually when they went to Stanley more. I think they were trying to be cautious with him. So yeah, he, he didn't, didn't get, play he much
1: to, until like the fourth quarter. He, he was out for the rest of the first half, essentially. I don't, think, I don't think he came back in much in the third quarter, but he definitely yeah, was he, in the fourth he quarter until
0: like a couple snaps when they were trying to get from some more reds at the end of the game.
1: Yeah, and I know uh, those of you who did not make it out to the game, uh, if I and I, I, re- I was rewatching the game on ESPN, uh, they cut they cut the game off like three minutes ago right? Uh, on t- on the TV copy, and so you miss Fromm throwing a, a beautiful, what was about a 58-yard touchdown pass, some, a 50-something-yard touchdown pass to Ridley, and just like that first pass that Ridley dropped, he got open yeah. in a similar way, it was, it was again, he was matching against Tyreek McGee, uh, was able to use his physicality on the line, break off the press coverage, uh, and he gets open down the field, Fromm puts it on him, and it's a walk-in touchdown, so you see that, and that's two, that's two times in the game he was able to beat press coverage against Tyreek McGee, and was able to... What should have had what should have been two touchdowns. So I think this guy can be really good for us this year. He's got a physical nature to his game. Uh, he's got good solid speed. Not not a blazer, uh, but I think he's a good enough route runner to to get pretty consistent separation. He's got good solid hands for the most part. He, yeah, he,
0: to me, I mean, he just knows how to get open. He's one of those who knows how to use his body, knows how to use his yeah.
1: hands. Like yeah, that. that's a good way to put it. We didn't see much from Nicole. He had one nice catch where he got rocked by J.R. Reed. Uh, so impressive. Hold on to that catch. I think he had an RPO catch early in the game. But didn't really get much action there, so he didn't see a ton there. What about Keel like, Crumpton? All right, I know he's working with the twos. Do you think? Because he had a pretty solid game. I mean, let's look up his numbers here. Keel Crumpton, I think, ended up with, uh, let's see, five catches for sixty yards, along of thirty four. Do you think this is a guy that's going to be able to contribute for us at the wide receiver position this year?
0: Uh, I'm not saying he can't, but. As good as he is, he's not
1: a Miko. Yeah, it's like where do you get him in the game? I mean, he, he's one of
0: those guys, like, Isaiah McKenzie, that can only play slot. He's
1: but only he's playing not slot. Not yeah.
0: as good as Miko. I mean, just has things that he does.
1: Okay, so have. I think uh, I think looking at Keel and Miko, Miko is clearly straight line. He, he's a faster player. Like he he is elite in running in a straight line. I, <laughs> Crumpton has like more shake though. Crumpton is more him. elusive. Like Crumpton yeah, is way more Isaiah McKenzie.
0: He is, but I think it's because he's more polished in doing it for longer.
1: Yeah, sure, absolutely. I just, but I, I think Miko is a really, really good athlete. And he's he's insanely fast, but the lateral game isn't necessarily Miko's forte. You know, think about last year, some of the punts, in some of the kick returns. Like he runs in a straight line as fast as 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 a humanly as a, as a human can, really. But when it c- comes, to like having a little bit of shake and using. Uh, lateral movement. I I I don't think that's his strong suit. And he's not like it's not like he's deficient there. I just don't think that that's necessarily his strength. That's it's his straight line speed. Whereas I think Crumpton has got good solid speed. But that's not his strength. His strength is getting out in a phone booth and just making you miss. You know, kind of like what you had with Isaiah McKenzie. I think he's gonna. I think he can definitely do some things to help us this year. But you're right. Like Miko and Terry Godwin are very similar players. Like they they both are better inside, and I, I, Terry can play outside. So you have two two of your best or your top three receivers at this point are very similar to what Crumpton is, you know. So I, I don't know where he fits in. I think he'll get some spot to get some time there. I think he can make some plays for us if he gets a chance. What about Jeremiah Holman? You saw you saw him make a couple of plays. Is this a guy that can push Ridley or push somebody to kind of break into that top three or, or getting? Yeah, the I
0: definitely think he can push Ridley. Um, I think he still has to work on you know just the the, thing, the things like leverage and things like that. Uh, but I think he is—he's uh, got a very similar body set to Ridley, but he, I think he's actually a little bit more athletic.
1: I think he's a more explosive receiver than Ridley. Yeah,
0: exactly. He, I think he's quicker, and uh, I think he's just faster in general. I think that's the difference yeah. in the two of them.
1: Yeah, he's just a more explosive athlete, uh, and he—he is physical, like really. I think both of them one similarity is that they have a physicality in the game. and That one catch he made on the sideline on, on the reception from Fields. You know, Fields puts the ball in a great spot, allows him to catch, and he—he he kind of he, pushes up field, breaks the tackle or two, uh, gets another five, six, seven yards there, and that's just kind of the physical presence he brings to the game. I, I think he has the tools to be a really good player for us. I could see him working his way up and kind of being that, like the, the number four receiver, you know, and being like the first guy off the bench. Right now, at least... As of you know what we saw yesterday, and we don't know. Sometimes you mix up the rosters a little bit in these spring games. But like Jason Stanley was that guy, that first guy off the bench at wide receiver. I mean, Stanley,
0: like I said, it's all because he blocks. Yeah, and, and that's a big all part block, of it. He, he should, he could definitely pass him up.
1: Yeah, so, so the thing is, like you know, if you're in a game setting, a game. You know, let's say, let's say you're on the road to LSU, you're down uh, late in the game. It's like a touchdown or something, and you got you got have to go out and make some plays. Are you through the air? Are you going to put Stanley in there? or Are you going to put Jeremiah Holloman? Uh, if you're trying to pass, if you you're pass, trying to throw the ball, you got to go Holloman. Like if you need a play to be made through the air, and you need somebody to go out there and make that play. I'm taking Holloman ten times out of ten over Jason Stanley. Now Stanley has things he does. He's a great blocker, uh, but at a certain point, you need receivers out there to go make plays in the passing game. I think Holloman is more of a threat to do that than Stanley at this point. So I think he keeps working. He's progressing. I think he could work him work his way into that role. All right, so moving the offensive line here. Uh, what do you make of the performance of the offensive line?
0: Actually, you know, I was talking to about it, and I think the biggest thing is, you know, the offensive line wasn't perfect by any means, but I think this was the best the offensive line has looked for a spring game in a long time. Yeah,
1: I mean, look like this unit had been working to, it's the starting unit. Look like they've been I working mean, together for years. There were times
0: years. where they gave Fromm, especially some very nice pockets to throw from.
1: I, I would say there, yeah, there were a couple of times where there was some pressure up the gut. Like they got some push up the gut, uh, but it wasn't. It, it was very few and far between. It wasn't consistent at all. Uh, no,
0: and I, and the one thing I want to say is you know we talked about it a couple weeks ago that was one of those quotes from uh, Kinley how you know he's going to win that position back and he's going to hold on to it for the entire year. Uh, he he was the one uh, lineman from the starting group you know of the, I would say those six in, with him Cleveland and Baker and everyone else um, that I was very unimpressed with.
1: I I, I kind of tend to agree there, I and mean, he he wasn't like, he was a disaster, but.
0: He was getting beat pass blocking wise all. The time. Yes,
1: he was like, I don't it's hard to explain what it, you know, looking at it for me, I think he he has a solid base when he sets up in, a, in his pass pro, but it's almost like his feet are stuck in concrete at times when he gets into that base. Like he starts from a good position if you watch him closely, but he just doesn't really move his feet though. He kind of leans. He like lunges yeah, at people. He's got very bad
0: footwork once it gets going.
1: Yeah, he, he sets back in a nice base. It looks good from the from the get go. But they kind of lunge at defenders instead of, you know, you know kind of staying with your, with your hips bent there, getting your hands on the defender, kind of lunges, and he kind of loses all leverage. And it's just, it, it's not a great look. And again, this is just one snapshot, So this is, but this is all that we have to go. Based on what we've seen, I kind of tend to agree with you there. What did you think of Isaiah Wilson over at right tackle? Um, you know,
0: I think he had his good and his bad. Um, I, I mean, like we said, he's not a finished product by any means. But I think he showed, especially run blocking, he showed that he can do it. And pass blocking, you know, he had that one where uh, Walker went right by him. But other than that, I mean, I felt like he held his own decently well.
1: I thought he did well. He was he was mashed up on DeAndre Walker a, a fair yeah, amount.
0: He's who's our best pass rusher. Yeah,
1: DeAndre Walker is, is an explosive pass rusher. I mean, yeah. but, I
0: mean, especially when it came to run blocking. Like, the, our, like you and I were talking about it, the play... The play before where Walker gets uh gets by him for the sack. The play right before that, he pancakes Walker on a run block. Yeah, he did. He
1: absolutely pancaked him. And we didn't run the ball all that much. Obviously, I think seventeen percent of the time for the one offense. But when he did opportunities, he looked good there. Uh, yeah, he
0: was a road grader, definitely run blocking. And like I said, he was he was held you know, he held his own against Walker. I mean, there were times where Walker would get some pressure, but there were times where he would stand him straight up.
1: Absolutely. And this is a, a, a game where we threw the ball 83% of the time. So he had plenty of opportunities to have to try to pass block and do so against probably our best pass rusher at this point One right thing
0: now. I noticed that I felt like personally that I thought he did a good job with in pass blocking, you really saw his size come into um, come into it because when he would get his hands on people, he, they, were, they were not
1: going anywhere. He's a massive human being. You're exactly right. When he when he played with proper technique and he got his hands on the defender before they got their hands on him, which is what every offensive line means. To do, but when he did that, I don't want to say they had no chance, but he had a lot of success. A yeah, lot of success, for so long, he was just keeping them away. Yeah, well, they're so long, and he's so powerful at the same time. So, it's you know, if he gets his hands on those defenders, they're gonna have a tough time. Uh, but you're right, there was that one with really that one play down the goal line where he just didn't even like he just didn't block, yeah, it was on third down play that he didn't even block Walker. Uh, basically, he looked inside real quick, and he, it was just a blown assignment. That's what it was. It was a blown assignment. He looked inside, and, and by the time he looked back out uh, to, go, to go get Walker, Walker, you know, he's too quick. He's already, bu- he's already by him, and it's a sack, you know. But and that's a blown assignment. Sometimes it's going to happen with a young guy. I don't like it, uh, but it's not, you know, like, okay, that happened. You know, It's going to happen there at, at a time when the guy is – really this is his first time in front of a crowd actually playing with the one, one offense there. But other than that, I'm with you. I think he really certainly held his own against our best pass rusher, and I was I was certainly pleased to see that. Um, anyone else send out to you on the offensive line? What about Cade Mays? Did you did you see enough from you know, um,
0: him? You know, I think he, he he had his good and his bad. I think he was. You could see that he's a freshman early enrollee. You, you could see that he's got some things that he can do well. Um, I think one thing that he has is very good footwork.
1: He did. He did see and look. This is. It's so hard to. Pick you know, pick at this right now because it's just one little snapshot, but I thought he and was Angel fairly polished. Go, like,
0: against someone like a DeAndre Walker.
1: Right, you know, he was at times matched up against like a guy like Britton Cox and, 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 uh, well, really, that's about, any yeah, I guess Keon Brown, me. Keon Brown is not, I mean, come on. Reserve, which I, hate. you know, Keon, I love you, man. But I mean, he stepped his game up some, but he's still no Walker. Yeah, he's not, he's not DeAndre Walker. Did you see enough? I mean, it's so hard to tell because you're going against the, uh, different players. You're going against the twos and the threes as opposed to DeAndre I, you Walker. Opinion, I did don't you see think enough I saw to think enough
0: he can to overtake that that he's better than Wilson at this point. You didn't see anything. I, I not in my opinion. I mean, I, like I said, he, I did see some good from him. I just don't know if I saw.
1: Yeah, He's gonna be a good player. There's no yeah, doubt. Like
0: I, like I said, like yeah, exactly. I think he will be good. He's just people gotta remember, like we like feels and things like that. He's only he's just a couple months into college.
1: Yeah, and then to me, that's and the impressive he thing. He had an
0: injury at the end of high school, anyways.
1: Yeah, that's the impressive thing to me. It's just like this is where he's at, being here for what three months, four months, and fit through fifteen practices. I
0: mean, he's, he's to me, he's a lot farther along than Wilson was.
1: Oh yeah, where Wilson were, was last year? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, like I, I in, in saying whether or not he has a chance to overtake Wilson, I don't know if we have enough information. I'm just gonna say, I, I know that's a cop out. I just I don't know if I saw enough to really be able to say from either guy. I thought both looked really good, and I, but I kind of just default to the fact that Wilson was going against superior talent. Um, that's just so I'm gonna go with that when he was able to hold his own against Wilson, or no, I'm sorry, against Walker. That was impressive to me. And maybe Mays could have done that too if, if given the opportunity. But, yeah, I need to see more, I guess, before I can really make some sort of definitive con- conclusion about or reach some sort of definitive conclusion about who's going to end up starting at right tackle for us. Uh, one more guy I want to mention real quick before we move on to the running backs. I, I thought Trey Hill played really well at left guard. Um, he definitely, definitely fits the profile of a road grader. I mean, he, there, was, there were a couple of moments that he was just he was road grading people. I mean, he was just he was there's a couple pancakes i saw i think most of the i even think
0: uh Warren Erickson did decent
1: yeah really i mean that number 2 offensive line had three true fresh, and early enrollees and yeah, that, i thought they the did LRM well for the, most, the part. most part yeah i mean they there yeah there were six sacks that i counted that Fields took but a couple of those like i said were were questionable whether yeah, they I were like actually some of those sacks came from the uh Left tackle and tight ends. Oh my! Oh my! Jackson Harris won this from Jackson Harris just got out. Yeah, Kirby got Oh my hit, god! Man, he got him. killed. Like, it's like, dude, you're like, you're you're an upperclassman and you're just getting. You're a senior, you're a be senior be a and senior. you're getting thrown around. And that's what Jackson. That's that's his game. That's Jackson Harris's. His, his strength longer, is blocking. That's what he, you don't. I don't expect to see Jackson Harris get thrown around like that because that's what he does. But he's got thrown around one of those oh. sacks, man. But, yeah, I thought all the early enrollees on the offensive line really acquitted themselves very nicely. I, I like what I saw from Trey Hill. I, mean, I think this guy, whew, man, I think he could be a player. You know, I mean, we got Jamari Sawyer coming in. Um, but Trey Hill, like, he kind of, at least what I saw in one in one setting here, exceeded my expectations. I thought he'd be solid, but I, there were moments where he, he was getting a lot of movement up front from that left guard position. So I think the future is very bright there as well. All right, quickly here, let's move over to the running backs before we move on to the defensive line. Uh, we didn't run the ball much. Uh, no DeAndre Swift. I don't know how much there is to really go with here. What did anyone? Did any of the running backs stand out to you? Whether it was Harrion or Holyfield, could you really tell that much? They each they got really five carries. so much? Um,
0: there really wasn't all that much. I think uh, the biggest thing is they still need to work on pass pro.
1: Yeah, I don't think that was that was a, a major issue. But I think I think you're right. There's definitely something some things they can clean up there. Uh, Holyfield's got to work like on. There, was, there
0: weren't a lot of opportunities to really see
1: what they were doing. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of times they were they were leaking out in in into routes anyway. Uh, Holyfield's got to work on catching the football, and that's that's not news. We knew that. That's you know that's one of the reasons Harry was able to, was kind of ahead of him last year, uh, is because he's more versatile. He's a, he's a, he's a better pass catcher from the running back position. You saw that on display yesterday. Clearly, Harian is the is the more depth pass catcher right now. Holyfield had a couple of receptions, but. On that last drive, if you guys could, if you weren't at the game, you couldn't see this because he has been cut away from that last drive where Fromm was trying to take us down to to tie the score. Uh, Holyfield had two consecutive drops on third and fourth down that that it essentially ended the game. So he's definitely got and they were like it wasn't they weren't difficult catches they were like right in his hands and he just flat out dropped them. Uh, so he's definitely got to work on it there. But you know we they, we didn't get to see him run the ball much, but I, I saw what I thought I would see. You know Holyfield in his five carries, the guy runs hard. I mean, that's just what he does. He runs hard. His feet never stop moving. He's not afraid of contact. Um, I really like what I saw from him. So I didn't see anything from either guy that that really concerned me because they didn't get that that many carries. Uh, but, look, it's, it's just really hard to kind of gauge what we're going to see at the right position with no DeAndre Swift out there, with no Zeus who might possibly be ready. I know if you, during the pregame warm-ups, he's out there. He was doing drills just like everyone else was. Uh, but obviously was is not has not been cleared for contact. I don't know if he's really necessarily close to that. He's still a couple months away from that. All right, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball here, and I'm going to start with the defensive line because this is where I had – this is the one position I had some major concerns with coming into this game. So, Curt, I know you kind of shared those concerns. we talked about that over the past couple weeks. Were your concerns – kind of alleviated to a degree, or do you still have a lot of the same concerns after I mean, Saturday?
0: I kind of agree with what Kirby said. Especially in this, I think the biggest thing, too, is, is the D-line, too. Um, the
1: defensive line, first team played really well. Um, they controlled I, I a lot impressed. Of scrimmage, they held the edges. Um, I was impressed.
0: Yeah, it, but the second team...
1: Um, you know, they've got a way to go, I think well, that, to- and that's, that was that's been our concern the whole time. Is it has it not been? It's, we we're fine with our with our frontline starters. It's the depth that that's concerning right now, and so you're still I mean, concerned about that.
0: Um, I mean, concerned, yes. Uh, you you know, you didn't see certain people out there.
1: Um, well, no, but- Michael Barnett. You know, and he's a guy. I don't. I'm like not having Michael Barnett. Is that is that a game changer? I mean, like,
0: oh, it's not a game changer. I gotta say, I am very disappointed. It's when I'm looking at the second team, I'm very disappointed with Nikhil Carter.
1: Dude, I'm glad you said that because I felt the exact same way. Then there were he made a player too here and there. To but, me, he was
0: very underwhelming. I mean, you know, Wyatt. Well, I think he just needs more time. Wyatt's gonna be but, fine.
1: I got no worries about Wyatt. He's gonna play going some
0: play a lot. Carter's the one I was just. Utterly
1: disappointed. with Mikael Carter was a big time recruit coming out of high school. Not he, okay, he wasn't. Tyler Clark. Yeah, he wasn't a Derek Brown type recruit. Oh, I mean, he wasn't that level, but he was he rated was a lot higher players. than Tyler Clark. All right. Yeah, I mean, it was he was. was an Under Armour All American. Under Armour All American. Mikhail Carter. He was the higher rated of the two of between him and Clark coming out of high school. And Clark has clearly surpassed him. Okay, he's not even close. Clark is vastly superior right now. Uh, to Mikhail Carter. And Carter did some solid things for us last year when we, had some, when we had some injuries, you know, when Trent went down. But on Saturday, I don't know if it was just a one-day type thing, but far too often he was getting blown off I the ball. I thought
0: Justin Young did better than Carter.
1: I agree. And Young is like a – he's a special – he's a pass rushing specialist. You know, when you get in third-down situation, he doesn't see much time. But that's where he – because he's still kind of undersized. But he's a body in there, and he's got some quickness to his games. So you can kind of put him inside as, a, as like a three-tech guy in pass rushing situations. But Carter, like – were you seeing the same thing that I saw in terms of him getting blown off the ball multiple times? Yeah, he was not. He and this is against it. the number two offense with three early enrollee true freshmen. Blowing him off the ball. like That, to me, that concern, that's that's what I'm concerned about. Like I, I'm good with Tyler Clark. Tyler Clark's going to be a monster. Rochester played well. He's going to be fine. Hawkins Muckle, which I will say Hawkins Muckle in the first first team offensive line. Were you surprised to see him at nose guard, at the, as the starting nose guard in, in our base looks, and those odd man fronts? I was. I uh, thought it was going to be Julian. A little bit. I think
0: that Kirby has him at the weight he wants to for his athletic ability. So, it's, I mean, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a shock, but it's not. I mean, he's not as quick as a Tyler Clark is.
1: No, I mean, he's definitely nose a nose guard. I mean, Hawkins Muggles definitely a nose guard. I thought he would be backing up Julian Rosheth. I thought Julian would be our starting nose. Because Julian last year was the backup to, uh, to John John Atkins. But Julian, for the most part, uh, was getting looks more at the three-tech. Especially in the odd man fronts. in the odd man fronts, Daquan Hawkins Muckle was playing nose guard. He was playing zero tech straight up on the nose guard. out at the three, uh, and then you had Tyler Clark in there as well. And I didn't, I didn't, I don't know if I saw one snap where Rochester was playing nose guard, which was somewhat surprising to me. Um, but hey, maybe that just means Hawkins Muckle's raised this game, which that would be great. That'd be great for sure. Uh, but yeah, go back to Mikhail Carter. Like I just, I don't like. We need him to be good. We need depth, and right now we don't have it. Uh, we had a Juco guy, actually, uh, a, not a Juco, I'm sorry, not a Juco, a grad transfer coming from Notre Dame who was on campus yesterday. I think uh, it was Kip Adams from 247 Sports, Josh so 247, that reported that. Uh, that right there, the fact that at this point, with you know, right now we're already three, three guys over the scholarship limit. If you look at all the guys that come in for the 18 class, and we're still recruiting, grad transfer, defensive tackle, what does that tell you? Yeah, our coaches are we know that we need help on that defense line. We need bodies. We need guys that can come in and contribute. And they're not happy with what they got on that two defensive line right now. And I, I don't blame them at all. Um we guys we got some help coming in. Uh I don't know how ready they're going to be. I mean Jamal Walthour, Davis, I don't know how the guys are going to be how much ready they're going to how ready they're going to contribute early on. Davis we're going to need to because we need him at that because he's a big space here can play that nose guard position. Um, but yeah I'm with you I think that Devontae White is going to be a good player for us Uh, do you see him as like a a, see I don't see him as a game changing talent quite yet am am I off base there do you think he has that ability to be one of those guys that can change a game on the defensive line maybe he can develop into it like Clark did, but at this point, no. Yeah, He's still really young. I mean, he was at, he was basically a sophomore. He he was spent a year at JUCO last year. Um, but he has a chance to be a good player for us. I just I don't know if he's ready right now to be like a, a game changing talent up front. He'll definitely play a lot. and I think he'll play well for us. And really, this defensive line, I think we're gonna ha- we're gonna have a ton of different packages, just like we did last year. Um, you, it's, it's all situational ball based on opponent and and, and down in the distances, a lot of different things. We have I think we have guys that can fit certain roles. I think our, like you said, I think our front, our front line stars are just fine. And in fact, I think Tyler Clark has a chance to become an elite interior defensive tackle, but we just need more of them right now. And I don't know if we have enough help on the way this year. So I'm, I'm still, I feel a little bit better than I did coming in. I think our front line looked really solid with Clark and Julian. I thought Hawkins Muckle played well, but I don't know if my concerns about the depth have really been alleviated. I'm not sure yet. All right, let's move on to the outside linebackers. Who stood out to you there? If you look at all the – you had a bunch of guys get some playing time. You had Cox. You had John Deere Walker. You had Robert Beal get some time with the ones. You had Walter Grant. You had Keon Brown. Who, of all those guys, who stood out to you the most? Um, Walker, because I think he did a good job uh,
0: where he needed to put on the weight and things like that. So I thought he did a good job. His body looked good. Runs.
1: Yeah, his body looked good.
0: He, yeah, he definitely did a good job, like I said, in keeping the edge, which is what is really important for him.
1: Yeah, and so for Walker for so many years, and we've talked about this many times on the show, but – the knock on him was he just couldn't hold the weight. He could not keep it on. He was just too small to be a a true uh, three-down outside linebacker. But now that – I think those problems are behind him. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I think that's definitely fair to say. I think he – I really think – I mean, he finished the the season strong last year. I mean, by the end of the season, he was playing just as much, if not more, than David Bellamy was. He really was. And I think he looks poised, based off what we saw Saturday, to have a big 2018 season. Uh, But a lot of people – are, I think justifiably so. We're talking about Brenton Cox. What did you see out of him on Saturday?
0: You can see all the athletic abilities that he has. You know the size, the speed that he has. Um, you know there's there's certain places it, that he can improve on, but you can definitely see where he's going to be pushing for playing time. I think he,
1: like, it's just the finer aspects, the nuances of playing the position, using your hands more consistently, playing a little bit better leverage. Those things he has to work on, but I think you're right in saying that you watch him play, you see why there's all this hype surrounding him. He has every tool physically that you need in order to be a true elite game-changing type talent at that position. Uh, I think he will play, and I think he will play a lot this year. Uh, I also think, based off what I saw Saturday, uh, that he is 100% an outside linebacker. Do you agree with me? Because there's a lot of talk about maybe he grows into a five technique. I think he's an outside linebacker all the way. Are you with me yeah, on that? yes, he is too. And he could grow. I mean, he's still – I mean, he's obviously a true freshman. He's 18, 19 years old. He He's 18. He's not 19 yet. He, he could grow into that five, maybe. I just – I don't think he will. I think he has the body of an outside linebacker. Uh, and if he puts on a little bit of weight, I think he'll still be athletic enough to play that outside linebacker position. But he's got all the, all the pass rushing skills you would need. I actually – Honestly, in this, in this game, I was more impressed with how well he played the run as a true freshman than I was with how he rushed the passer. Because rushing the passer for these kind of guys coming out of high school, these highly rated pass rushing types coming out of high school, that's easy. That's what they do in their sleep. It's playing the run and playing with proper leverage uh, and setting the edge is where they really have to figure it out. I mean, how long did it take Leonard Floyd to figure that out? How long did it take Devin Bellamy to figure that out? Lorenzo Carter, to those guys, three, four years to figure that junk out. Cox, I mean, he wasn't a finished product by any means in, in setting the edge and playing the run, but I thought he was well advanced beyond his years of what you would typically see for a true freshman in playing the run. Now, again, I don't. here I am overreacting, but I got to see him in, in this one setting. So in this one setting, I thought he did a really good job playing the run, which is not really what I was expecting out of him. I, I was expecting him to go out there and be a terror rushing off the edge, which he did a good job of that as well. But where I was really impressed with him was his ability to, to stand his ground on the edge. And and make some plays there. And a lot of guys get the corner. Uh, he's flashy athleticism. Guys, when they did try to get around him, he's able to, to kind of disengage from the blocker, which is difficult in, in, for some young guys. To, but he was able to disengage from the blocker and go out and make a play on on the outside there. So like this guy, this guy's the limit for him. I, I truly believe that he has the ability, whether he does it or not. But we'll see. But I think he has the ability to be an all SEC uh, potential first round draft pick type player at outside linebacker. I think he has that much skill. We'll see. Um, what about Walter Grant? He didn't get his name called all that much, but he was out there. Obviously, he was starting with alongside DeAndre Walker, outside linebacker. Did you see anything from him to make you think that he's going to have a big year for us this year that he can fill in for Lorenzo?
0: You know, not rushing-wise, but I think, like you said it.
1: But he wasn't really – he wasn't rushing the passer. Yeah, that's he what I'm
0: saying. In the run games where he does more.
1: And he, he really looks like he's the one that we're trying to fill or use to fill that Lorenzo role. Because the thing about me all the times Lorenzo just wasn't rushing the passer last year. You know, he's playing out in space. You're playing star at times. And Grant was certainly filling that role. Uh, I will say, though, I, I don't think that, that Grant has the physical tools that Lorenzo has. So Lorenzo, is a, he's an elite – Specimen. I'm just a physical specimen. Lorenzo is a, you saw what he did at the combine. Uh, I don't think Grant would test that as well as Lorenzo. I think Grant's plenty athletic. I don't think he would test off the charts like Lorenzo did. Um, but I will say, as athletic and awesome as Lorenzo was, it didn't always translate on the field for him. And I don't, we haven't seen enough from Grant to really make a, a, an accurate judgment of whether he's going to translate more on the field than Lorenzo did. But I didn't see anything that was concerning. Uh, we just didn't really see all that much in terms of him like rushing the passer. But what he did, I thought he did pretty well on Saturday. All right, now let's go to the inside linebackers. Now this is the one where I probably had the big of any position, offense or defense, this is the one that's kind of thrown me for, more of a loop than anyone else or any other position. What do you make of Naturez Patrick and Monty Rice being with the number two defense? These are two guys that most people, including us, had penciled in to be the guys that would get the first look with the number ones based off what they did last season. I mean, before the suspension, you know, Natrez was uh, was. I mean, essentially, was a two year starter. Rice was the uh, was with uh, the suspension was the first guy off the bench. Uh, him and Jawan Taylor, but Rice got some serious playing time. So it looked like those two would probably be the ones that would be getting the first look first looks with the one unit. But that wasn't the case. What do you make of that? Are they really really? behind the other guys like i honestly don't think to
0: have people, of course reading into it too much. In my opinion, Nate Trez is with the same group because you needed some of these other people. I, you know, I don't know too much about Monty, but I know Nate, I feel like Nate Trez is with the same group because the guys who are with the first group are the ones that we need to get as many reps as they can to try to get ready. We know what Nate Trez can do. There's no question about it, but there is questions about what the other people who are getting the first who are playing on the black defense, what they, what they're
1: capable of doing. I think you were right there. Um, look, I, like, Rice being with the number two defense, that does not that's not shocking. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I get that. But Natres Patrick, who's more or less been a two-year starter for us, right? Like, yeah. him being on the two defense, I, that's – I just – I can't quite understand I mean, I think why. the
0: thing is, like, nobody can do, but you – we're trying to see what these other people can do against a first-team. Right.
1: And I, yeah, and I, and if that's the case, then I totally understand. But do you think – is it because – is there any – I guess Credence the idea that it's because nature has been passed up by Tay Crowder and Jawan Taylor and Nate McBride? Not at it's, all,
0: because Jawan Taylor didn't do enough to show us that he's the guy that could play
1: it over Nate Trez. Yeah, I just, I can't, I cannot believe, I cannot buy at this point that Jawan Taylor and Tay Crowder and Nate McBride have passed up Nate Trez. Oh, I, I don't,
0: I don't buy that. And I would think that's the biggest joke in the world because he, I think the thing is, you would not, like we said, when you see when people go against second team versus uh, second team and things like that, we're not getting a true judgment of how good they are. So if we had put, you know, Nate, McBride, and Juwan Taylor, and even Tay in the sec, second group going against second team, we're not going to get a good you know idea of how they are, kind of like what you saw with Keon Brown. A lot of people might think, oh, Keon's going to make an impact. Well, he's going against a terrible, terrible group.
1: Right. I mean, it's just bewildering to me. I spent quite a bit of time yesterday kind of just racking my brain as to why Nature's Patrick was with the twos. And a couple of things that I came up with, maybe it's a, is it punishment and kind of like he's still in the doghouse for – for how the end of the season went down, you know, with, with him, with the, with the drug arrest. I mean, is, is that possible? I mean, you could say like you're possible, making him start from ground zero and work his way back up. Is that possible?
0: Maybe that's possible, but they're not going to punish the team when it came down to it. Right.
1: But in this situation, you're not necessarily punishing the team because it's not like a real well, yeah, game. But at
0: the same time, like I said, are gonna no one player like we've said is gonna replace Raquad. so we're gonna need two people, you know, two or three people to step up to try to fill his shoes, and
1: we have to see what they can do against the first team. Yeah, I I, I think that that very well could be the 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 correct answer. Could it also potentially be that we just we felt that some of those guys, you know, the Tay Crowders, Juwan Taylor's Nate Brides, if we put them on the two defense, it wouldn't with all the other guys that are that are second and third strings, some of the walk ons, that it wouldn't have given the, the two offense enough of a of a look. Like it would have been too easy. Like they wouldn't have been enough there would not have been enough resistance. Does that make sense? Um uh, I mean,
0: it wouldn't shock me. I mean here's the thing all the practice reports you've heard coming out of the spring, not once was it mentioned that Natrez was second team. Not
1: once. Not once. And look, the media only gets to see like 12 to 15 minutes of practice, but they, get, they essentially get to see the first team units line up and go through drills. And not once did we see anyone but Natrez working with the ones or that we didn't hear from any of the reports. Whether it's AJC, Athens-Banner-Herald, whoever it is, we didn't hear that one time. So it just it's just it was weird. I, I didn't expect it, and, I, and I'm not quite sure what to yeah, make it of it.
0: Shocked me honestly. I wasn't thrown for a loop like some people may have been.
1: I mean, I saw I saw it ahead of time because the, the 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 lineups were released what Thursday.
0: Well, I mean, but I say when I saw the lineups, I wasn't
1: like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I really, it, I was to confused. I'm not gonna lie, I was confused. I was like, what? what the I, I What's really going wasn't,
0: on? I wasn't, but I mean, I think it's more or less has to do with just trying to get these other guys in there.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. I, I'm sure I'm reading way too much into it, making too much out. I mean, I, but no, me, you, would, you would never do that. I'm never. I never. That's not my. That's not what I do. I don't get too excited about things, um, especially when it comes to sports. Never. Uh, but I think if this was ga- like if game one was next week, I think Nature's Patrick would be starting. I'll just leave it. there. No, I, I
0: don't think there's any question because you saw. I mean, those people. The. I mean, I thought Tay Crowder did better than Juwan, but they're still not as good as Nature's.
1: No. I thought Crowder looked pretty solid. Um he's got, you yeah,
0: know, I thought he – you know, I mean – We only got to see so much. I thought he looked solid. So much. I thought that Crowder actually – you know, to me, he, I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised with how he played. Yeah, Especially I mean Especially when it came to stopping them in the passing situations too.
1: Right, and he's a guy – you know, his background obviously comes from the offensive side of the ball. Played wide receiver a good bit, you know, growing up. Uh, we, we recruited him as a running back. Uh, obviously, that wasn't work out for him, so make the move to linebacker, which he never really played in his life. So he's certainly starting from a deficit there. But he's spent a couple of years now. It's like three years I mean, now.
0: He at the end of the season last year. He got um, he got
1: in the national championship game.
0: Yeah, he got more PT than Jawan
1: did. Yeah, in the national championship game, he was in there. Uh, I think the Rose Ball as well. He got a couple snaps. Yeah,
0: he plays the Rose Ball too. Yeah,
1: so I mean, like, it's so I, I think the coaches like him. He brings athleticism to the table. Oh, that's speedrun. That's what he brings athleticism and, I mean, at that position. Actually,
0: the one thing I mean, you don't realize when he's a running back as so much, but he's actually a big, kind of strong, physical guy.
1: He was always kind of that big back, you know? And it's it's weird to me the thing that he ever played wide receiver. I just don't ever see, like, that body. How did he play wide receiver? I don't get that. But I mean, he's he spent a couple years now, almost three years, trying to learn that position. And I think he's starting to get the hang of it. I, I thought he attacked downhill pretty well in the moments where they actually did get some some work against the the run. I thought he he dropped in coverage well. He looked fluid out there. He didn't look lost and look confused. I liked what I saw from him in this one setting. Um, I also you know Jawan Taylor you know I, I think Jawan Taylor's a, he's a good player. I I just I, I don't know if, if Jawan Taylor starts for us. I don't know if that's a good thing for our defense. I just don't know if, if our front seven will be very good. Is that is that too harsh? Like I just. I think he's a good player, and he, he's, he's a guy who can, f- can come fill a role. But I think he's like a, a Vanderbilt or Missouri-type caliber linebacker. He'd probably start for those kind, kind of teams. Juwan Taylor, you know, I, I hate – God, I hate ripping our guys. I'm not trying to, but, like, I'm just trying to be honest in my assessment here. I just don't think there's any way on earth that Juwan Taylor should be starting for the University of Georgia inside linebacker. Am I off base there? No. Yeah. I, just, I just don't think that's the case. I mean, he's not a bad player. He's not. I just think that we should have better players if we want to be a championship caliber team. That's that's just my take on it. So uh, one thing that and this wasn't really surprising to me, as I think you're right. You want to see what these guys can do with the ones, and we and we were trying to look. It's an open competition right now to replace uh, the, the vacancy with Roquan Smith the party. So it's not a surprise to see Nate McBride get some work with the ones. You know, we want to see what these guys can do. What did you make of what you saw from Nate McBride? Um, you know,
0: there were times where he was there, he just didn't make the play.
1: Oh man, yeah. I mean, when he got completely thrown off by Brian Harrion and open in, in yeah. space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, what I, in this again? One setting. I don't want to overreact to this because there are other, fourteen other practices that that were involved in 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 spring. But what I saw on Saturday from Nate McBride was a lot of what I saw from him in high school. Um, he ru- he runs around traffic rather than sifting through it and working through the traffic, which obviously takes more time. Uh, and as 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 fast as Nate McBride is, and if it's kind of like Miko, as fast as Nate McBride is in a straight line, he does not strike me as a fluid athlete on the field. Do you get that sense from him? Like I don't think yeah, you he, could say he's kind of stiff. Yeah, I think he plays with a certain level of stiffness. Uh, I saw so he and I'm not like I'm not debating how fast the guy is. If you line him up and he runs, and if you want to chase somebody down, Nate McBride will chase the guy down if he's running a straight line, but it comes moving laterally and side to side, you know, I just don't think he's that fluid of, of an athlete. I, I just, I think that's, that's a flaw in his game right now. And another thing you saw this when he got shook by, by Harry and, and when they, when Harry had, when he was basically matched up with him in space, um, he leaves his feet on contact. He, he did that in high school and he still does it today. When he makes contact with it, with a ball carrier, he leaves his feet. And that's, that is, that is, That is mistake number one. That's cardinal sin number one for a linebacker. You cannot leave your feet because you lose all power. You have to make contact and keep your feet driving upon contact. Nate McBride did not do that in high school, at least when you looked at his tape. And I know there's just one game, one little scrimmage, but I I saw that same mistake time and time again on Saturday. So I just... And he's still a really young player, and he, he could definitely grow into becoming a good linebacker. But he's just, in my opinion, what I saw on Saturday, he's just not there yet. He's not there. He's not ready to make a major impact for us at this point. Um, so out of all those guys, now let's take Nature's out of the equation. Because I think you and I are both saying that nature's probably going to start this year, regardless of what, who he was working with yesterday. Of the other guys, Rice, Taylor, Crowder, McBride, who did you think played the best? Who acquitted themselves
0: best? Oh, I'd actually probably go with Rice.
1: I think I agree with you there. Uh, I do think he played the best. I think Rice is very good between the tackles, as a, as a true old school throwback between the tackles downhill linebacker. I think he's really good, and he showed that it was on full display on Saturday. I I, I thought he was fine going side on the sideline, but I still would say playing in space is not his strength. Uh, I I just I don't think it is. But I thought he played really well between the tackles. He he attacked downhill. He uh, was able to engage and disengage in blockers well. Uh, he, he's, he, his ability to strike ball carries, I, I think, is really solid. So I think of all those other guys, I thought he played the best. Um, I, I don't think he played necessarily like fantastically, but I thought he played better than the others. So looking at the inside linebacker position as a whole, after Saturday, how do you feel about that position going into the 2018 season?
0: Um, About where I was before
1: yeah I'm kind of with you I don't think it changed my thinking all that much out of this entire team going into 2018 season my biggest concern is the front seven in general but more specifically the inside linebacker position because it's such a key position in Kirby Smart's defense even going back to when he was at Alabama and right now I think we have good players don't get me wrong I think our players I think the guys we have inside linebacker are good but let's just be real we do not have elite talent at that spot right now do we we don't. I, 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 we just do not right now. And I hate saying that, but we just don't. Uh, but uh, look, we don't need those guys to be Roquan because that is an impossible standard. We cannot hold him to that standard. They're not going to be him. But if Roquan played like a, a 10, right now, we don't have anyone that I see playing at even like a 7 or 8 level range. Like, I don't see that right now. And that's still concerning to me. So I. I guess all in all, here this position. I think we got nature. I'm good with nature. I think he's a solid player. I think he's gonna be a really good player for us. He has been a good player for us. I think Rice can can do the job. I just think that's a that's a pretty significant step down uh, athletically from what we have from Brooklyn, which is gonna be. I just don't know if he's if, if Rice is an elite linebacker. I think he'd be a good player. I, don't know, I just don't know if he's elite right now. I still say the doors open for one of the true freshmen to come in this summer and take that job. I don't know if they will, whether it's Quay Walker, Channing Tindall. I don't know if they're going to take it because that's a lot of learning to make up in a short amount of time. But athletically speaking and with their skill sets, they can play at a higher level. Like their ceilings are much higher than Rice's ceiling or I even Tate Crowder's ceiling uh, or um, – And Nate McBride has got a lot of athleticism, but I think there's things higher than what Nate McBride is coming into into college. So we'll see if they're up to the task. But I think the door is open, and they will be given every single opportunity imaginable to take one of those spots. I really believe that. And it'll just be up to them to do it. We'll see. We'll see. But that's still my biggest concern this entire team is what we're going to do at Inside Linebacker. No doubt about it. All right, and the last one we will wrap it up here with the secondary. Now, this is another position where you and I were somewhat concerned about coming into the season. At least there were some, eh, there were at least some mild concerns. How do you feel after Saturday?
0: Um, about the same. I think our first team's very solid, um, and then when you're looking at the second team, most of those guys are going to get passed up by these incoming freshmen.
1: Yeah, that, that's happening. Eric Stokes, look, I, I, I man, I, I again don't want to kill our guys, but. He's just not good enough right now. No, I
0: mean, as soon as Tyson Campbell sets foot on campus and the Dab Joe stuff, those guys are number two. Yeah, it,
1: and it was hard to say with Amir Speed. He was playing with a club on his hand. I thought he played fine. I thought he played well out there. I would have loved to seen Mark Webb. I'm very, very. I'm I'm so excited. It's not an ACL. It's just a meniscus. I meniscus is tough, but still, it's like he'll be back for fall. No, pro- no questions asked. No problem. Um, Tyreke McGee. Do you think he it could potentially be the answer at that qu- other cornerback position opposite DeAndre Baker?
0: No, he, to
1: me, he's a star. I think I think McGee's a. He, what well, I noticed
0: he struggles with pe- uh, people off the line of scrimmage. Well, he got
1: burned twice in that situation by Riley Ridley. Ridley's yes, a Riley, good player.
0: Ridley's not the fastest guy out there.
1: But he's he's physical, right? He's physical, and that's why he was able to get off the press coverage off the line there and and, and get and get vertical on on McGee. I think McGee can be a good player. McGee's a good player, uh, and if he had if we played him out there, he'd be he'd be solid. I just. I think that if Webb is as good as advertised, which I'm really, I really wanted to see this guy play uh, at that position. We saw, I've seen him play receiver. I want to see him play corner. But if he's as good as we hear, um, and if Tyson Campbell comes in and can learn the system, and Campbell, I mean, he's a he's a 10-300 meter dude. I mean, his athleticism is off the freaking charts. If he can come in and learn the system and the coaches trust him, where he's not going to blow assignments, like his ceiling is what 30 times what Tyreek McGee's is. McGee's a good player, and I, I think he's going to have a role in this team. His role could be at the star. Uh, we'll see what he does, but I, I I think there's an opportunity for whether it's Webb or Tyson Cameron to come in and potentially take that spot. Do you feel good about what you saw at safety with Richard Lecount? Yeah,
0: yeah. Between Lecount and Reed, I have I you know I didn't really have any. Reservations about them, and no. you know, I wanted to. I, I want to say I think I thought Paul or Poole did pretty well at the star position.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought he acquitted himself nicely. He had the pick. Uh, has I think there was another one he almost had. He could have had two.
0: He, to me, he was just he was just you know I thought that he was just he was playing physical and he was doing well in pass coverage.
1: Yeah, and he was he he didn't blow any assignments. He was or at least not to that to, not were noticeable to the to the naked eye there on, upon first look. Um, but you know he's he pulled double duty playing both ways. Uh, for the black team and the red team defense. And I thought he quit himself very nicely. He he looked fluid out there. Um, He he showed some good hips, ability to kind of flip those hips and run. Um, He he was good in coverage. I I, I really That one pick, you know, kind of anticipated what Fromm was going to do and jumped the route. So I liked what I saw from him. I think he could definitely be a player for us down the road as well. Uh, But secondary I thought thought looked pretty solid, especially the one secondary. Now, the the, the twos. Yes, I mean,
0: Baker and Reed are going to be the the really – really good for us this Baker's year. Baker's
1: going to be a first team, uh, definitely first team All-SEC. all, all SEC. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as say first team All-American yet, but uh, he has that potential. He's going to be a really, 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 really good player for us this year. And I'm thrilled he came back. I think it's going to be a big time. I don't I don't think people are making enough of the fact that DeAndre Baker came back. Cause he's, I mean, If you look at some of the comments he's made, he seriously contemplated making the jump to the NFL last year. Uh, so I think it's a big, big advantage for us to have him back there as well. I don't think people are really talking enough about that, but he's, he's going to be an elite DB for us, no doubt. You got some of the guys coming in. I'm still concerned about the safety depth. Uh, Bishop was fine, you know. Bishop Brini, there's he missed a tackle or two. I think those guys will be fine. They still they still got some work to do, and I think Kirby will get those guys up to speed. But I think especially the starting unit, where there's Reed, uh, who almost took Miko Harman's head off. I mean, God, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't targeting? It's was a great clean hit, but. He definitely laid the wood there, and I thought Richard LeCount played well. I don't think there was any. There were no glaring blown assignments he had out there. And then when the team was thrown the ball 83 of the time, so and he should, there's that, that one in particular. I, I think LeCount he's he's definitely an enforcer back there, but that dude covers so much ground in the secondary, it's unbelievable. Uh, that one that Fromm tried to get, that he had it could have been potentially a touchdown pass. He he had a uh, he had a guy out there, got a step. I forget which receiver it was. Was it? Might have been Stanley. Uh, the one
0: with uh, Baker and he
1: closed. Yeah, who was who was the receiver? I can't remember the receiver off the top of my head. Was it Miko? I think
0: it was. Yeah, I think
1: it might have been Miko. But Baker was closing. Uh, you know, Baker. He, but whoever the receiver was, had about a step on Baker, half a step on Baker. But you can see LeCount. I mean, I'm just watching. The, I was sitting in the end zone and can kind of just see, get that angle. And you saw LeCount flip his hips, turn, and just take off, and that ball had no chance to be completed because LeCount just covered so much ground, man. It's, I mean, that's what, that's, what we're, that's what I'm talking about when I say that, yeah, we're losing Dominic Sanders, who's a four-year starter, on all the experience that comes with that, but Dominic Sanders never could have done what Richard LeCount did on that one play. Like, he, There's no way he would ever have covered that much ground. Now, being in the right place is very important, too, and, uh, and according to what Kirby has said throughout spring, you know, LeCount's got to work on that, but I thought he acquitted himself nicely as well on Saturday uh, on multiple fronts. So I think the secondary looked pretty solid and we got some more guys coming in uh, over the summer and uh, we'll be good to go. So yeah, that's we try to give you guys a look at every position there. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts uh, on G-Day and what you guys saw. And we're actually going to have a, a another listener mailbag edition of the show later this week talking all things G-Day. So any questions, any comments you have coming out of G-Day, hit us up on Twitter at Glory_Uga. underscore UGA. Keep those coming and uh, we'll definitely get to all of those that we can in our mailbag show later in the week, because so we are not quite done with G-Day. That's our first take on it here, but we definitely want to hear what you guys have to say, and we'll dig into that later this week. But thanks for listening, guys. It was awesome to get out there and see some football on Saturday. hope a lot of you got, got a chance to get out there and make it. If not, hope you guys enjoyed your Saturday watching the game. Is, uh, it's just good to have some, TV, have some football on the TV, kind of in the air, at least for one weekend. But for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Thanks for
0: listening, guys. And as always, Go Dawgs!